stocks, bonds, ETFs, straight out of downtown Chicago. This is Zach's Market Edge. Welcome to Zach's Market Edge, the podcast about investing in your life. I'm your host, Tracy Reinick, and this week I'm joined by Zach's Director of Research, Shiraz Mian, to discuss the fourth quarter earnings season and the outlook for 2018. Now, normally, Shiraz, that wouldn't be like a super exciting topic. <laughs> I'd be like, meh, earnings outlook, earnings season, okay. But this year, it seems super hot. Um, earnings season for Q4, I mean, we're going to discuss the numbers in more depth for both S&P 500 and you've brought us S&P 600, whatever data we have so That's far. Right. But it seems to be one of the best in years. That's right. If not, like I like to say maybe it's the hottest one of the century. We won't know until all the numbers come in. I think it, will, it, it could very well be. I, I have been on the earnings beat, as you know, since 2011 uh, when uh, the late Dirk left. And I have never seen anything uh, in my life coverage of the earnings season. And then obviously I, I, I look at uh, previous data too. This has been so impressive in all possible ways. And I'm not just talking about the growth rate or the proportion of companies beating estimates or estimates for the current period going <laughs> up, but uh, but the sum total of it. Yeah. And, and not just from a sector, but from everywhere. Uh, and it is very, very impressive. Uh, and we all knew that the earnings season would be good, but none of us could imagine it would be this good. Yeah. So when we're reporting this, uh, we're recording it on January 30th. So just so people who are listening know. So on the, let's start with the S&P 500 yes. and give some data with that. So we've had 157 companies report or 31.4% of the index as of this recording. So this is that's a good enough sample yes. right to to see where these trends are going absolutely yeah we have, we have so we have a third of the the companies have reported uh 12.7 percent is the earnings growth for this uh sample of 157 index members 8.3 percent is the revenue growth 81.5 percent is beating eps and 78.3 percent are beating revenues the proportion of companies beating both EPS and revenue is 65.6%. Now, the interesting thing, uh, just to put these uh, these numbers into some sort of a context for, uh, for folks to make sense of them, the growth rate, both for earnings and revenues, and the proportion of company, uh, companies beating estimates, uh, it has never been this high. If you look at the same 157 companies in the preceding quarter or a four-quarter average, an eight-quarter average, a 12-16 quarter average, on none of these metrics, these companies have had this kind of performance in the past. Wow. See, that's what I mean. It's yeah. like something's going on. That's right. Obviously. So I know a lot of people say, oh, earnings beats, no big deal, but it is... 81.5% so far. That's right. And I see um, third quarter was pretty strong too in the 75. 70s. Yeah. 75.8%. Yeah. But what about on the revenue side? Because I always hear, oh, 
they can always manipulate the numbers to beat on the earnings, but revenue to be able to grow, you know, a lot stronger than prior quarters, that's hard to do. I I think it's a reasonable point to be skeptical of earnings beats. I'm usually quite skeptical of it too. I never cite it as a reason to be bullish about earnings, but it is different this time. Uh, And the reason it's different is that typically what happens in the run-up to the start of every earnings season is that uh, management uh, lowers estimates, and as a result, estimates come down, and uh, that makes it super easy for managements then to jump through them and beat estimates. We did not see that in the run-up to the Q4 earnings season. So estimates for Q4 from October 1st through December 31st didn't really change much. That prior to the start of this earnings season, I was making a big deal of that in my writings, that this is a big change. So in a normal earnings season, about two-thirds to 70% of the companies beat earnings estimates. That's the usual pattern. The the fact that we are, uh, companies are beating estimates, EPS estimates, at a proportion higher than that. Yeah. And then keeping in view the fact that estimates for the quarter had not fallen makes the EPS beats meaningful as well. But you rightly point out, the between the two earnings and revenue, revenue is the more pristine metric. So if companies are beating revenue estimates, if revenue uh, growth is higher, and I think on that front too, Q4 really stands out. There is a yeah. very strong revenue momentum. Uh, so for this 157 companies that we're talking about, Revenues for them are up 8.3%. Now, Q3, you mentioned, rightly so, there was a very strong earnings season. Revenue growth in that earnings season for this group was 6.5%. On average, over the preceding four quarters, revenue growth has been averaging a little over 4%. And historically, uh, over a 12-quarter period, it's 1.9%. Wow. So you could see a very strong thrust on the on the top line front and uh one one quick point i want to make uh before we move on that one negative thing that's happening in the q4 earnings season is this preponderance of one-time charges everyone is taking those yeah, charges yeah and they're not small either and they're not they're small like 20 either. billion dollars that's right like in so some the, cases so so the i i used to get this hate mail from uh, <laughs> some of the folks that read my commentary on earnings, and they would always say, uh, you rely on this adjusted earnings, and adjusted earnings are bad, and it's some sort of conspiracy, and this and that. But historically, adjusted earnings are always higher than gap earnings, but the gap between the two, the difference between the official gap earnings and our adjusted earnings is about 10%. So, our adjusted earnings would be about 10% higher than the gap earning this time around. It's about 90% higher. Wow. So it's really off the charts. And it's across the board, and every company is taking a charge, whether it's a McDonald's this morning, yeah. Caterpillar a few days, even Johnson & Johnson took it, Citigroup. Is, is that from the tax reform? That's from the tax okay. reform. So the uh, the repatriation of uh, uh, foreign earnings 
irrespective of whether a company is repatriating or not, but the, 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 the tax code deems that they have repatriated, uh, and then they have, to, uh, they have to take a charge for that. Apple will probably top what uh, Citigroup did yeah. at the beginning of the year, and they took a, a $20 billion charge. Yeah. And uh, it'll be interesting. So given that... The purists, the uh, the earnings fundamentalists, who uh, believe in the gap earnings, they probably may kind of uh, say, you know, the earnings quality is not that good, and they have some basis for their argument too. And to those, it's important to point out that look at the top lines, look at the revenues. Yeah, uh, the growth in revenues is just totally uh, undistorted by accounting rules or tax law changes or one-time things. Uh, so it really shows that the underlying trends that's driving earnings is not some accounting one-off shenanigans, but true earnings yeah. drivers. And that revenue growth is not impacted by the tax reform. No, it's not. It's okay. a totally the, uh, yeah, the, the, the tax reform impact there's two types of charges, both of them, without getting into the uh, minutiae of that, both of them have a bearing on the bottom line, okay. but no impact on revenues. Okay. It's just a hot, hot global economy, it sounds it's, like. Absolutely. It's, it's the uh, strong growth here, strong growth globally. Energy is helping too. Obviously, oil prices came back and we're getting uh, some momentum from that. But the uh, it's it's all around. It's uh, six sectors, including energy, have double-digit earnings growth in, in Q4, and uh, for the quarter as a whole, currently the expectation is for earnings growth to be about 12 percent, uh, which would be a tad below the 13 and a half percent that we saw in the first quarter of 2017. Uh, but my sense is that when all is said and done this would top the 13.5% rate we had in Q1 and will perhaps be the highest quarterly growth rate that we have seen perhaps since 2014-15. Now, energy is kind of distorting some of the overall, right. right? Because right. it's such a big jump I see so far. And we haven't even had that much of the energy report yet, right? That's I don't right. think so. Yeah, Exxon and Chevron are coming out Friday. Yeah. We'll have a better look uh, after that. But even still with energy, I see it's it's already up. The revenues are up 25% and then earnings up 185%. Sure. So even, but even if you strip that out, which we do, you're still getting growth on the earnings side of 9.3%. Sure. So it's nine, yes, right. So 9.3% earnings growth and 6% revenue growth on an ex-energy basis. Yeah. Energy simply doesn't have the weight that it used to have. It's too small, right? It's too small now. So, okay. uh, And uh, my sense is that uh, by the end of uh, the reporting season, we will be in double digits even on an ex-energy basis. Okay. Uh, there, there's extremely strong momentum in technology, very high double-digit, and technology is what really matters. It's about 25% of the index uh, in terms of market cap, and uh, the 17.2% earnings growth for technology, a 9.4% revenue growth is really yeah. what's 
That's what's huge. the uh, what's giving it a, a huge push? And then when you have industrials are doing better, construction is doing better, double digit, I mean, yeah. uh, basic materials and autos, and uh, all around uh, a lot of strength. So what is what is the outlook then for Q1? Because a lot of those are being um, those estimates are being adjusted now based on the tax reform, right? That's right. Yeah. So the uh, the expectation earlier on was that uh, we will have growth. Uh, do, do you have the, uh, the the chart for that? Yeah. The uh, at the beginning of the quarter in mid December. The expectation was for nine percent earnings growth uh, in uh, in the first quarter of 2018, and as of this morning, this is close to 14 percent. We are seeing a similar growth in Q4. We are yeah. seeing a similar growth uh, in uh, uh, for for full year 2018 as well, and a big driver for that obviously is the lower tax cut because that has a direct earnings impact. But it's not all. When we look at the same uh, revisions trend for revenues, it's not as pronounced as what we are seeing with revenues, but estimates for revenues have gone up as well. So uh, meaning that the tax cuts are helping, but there are other fundamental factors that are helping the overall earnings picture too. And this positive revisions trend that we are seeing for earnings this is something I have not seen since 2011. The trend at this stage would be uh, that estimates uh, would be coming down. So we started off at 9%, for example, in that chart. Uh, by now, we should have dropped to about 7%, 6.5%. Yeah, as uh, the reality would hit, right? Because right? exactly. the analysts usually start off a more optimistic, like, oh, next quarter it's going to be this. And then as companies give new guidance That's or right. things don't look so great, then they lower as the quarter goes along. They, they lower and uh, then when the reporting season starts in companies, uh, then quote unquote beat those lowered estimates, yeah. the actual growth eventually and miraculously goes very close to where we started off. So okay. if history had to repeat itself and we started off uh, Q1 with 9%, then the estimates by now would have fallen to 6 7%. And when the Q1 earnings season would start, they would beat those estimates and growth would come at around 9%. Yeah. But we are not seeing that. We are seeing estimates going up. So it's a very, very strong momentum for uh, in terms of the outlook as well. Are the analysts behind the curve then, do you think? They are. The analysts are behind the curve. We are seeing estimates literally on a daily basis going up. I've been looking at this revisions trend over the past three, four weeks and have been totally amazed as to uh, how steady the gains is. Now, we should point out that there are some non-tax elements that are driving estimates as well. We know that the yield on the 10-year has moved up and has been trending in a direction that's different that, than one uh, would be expecting at this stage. Oil prices have been moving up as well. So the uh, higher margins for the finance sector as a result of uh, the higher interest rates uh, is an additional factor. Uh, banks are literally 
swimming in in the uh, in the improved earnings outlook for for, for their business. Uh, they are mostly domestic oriented benefiting from the lower taxes as well and then the higher interest rates are helping uh, helping those guys as well um let's switch over to the s&p 600 sure it doesn't get as much talk and they've only just started reporting that's right so we have 16.6 percent of that index in so far so it's less than what is happening on the s&p 500 but some trends seem to be emerging there as well that's right so, uh, so the for this uh, for these one hundred uh, small cap companies, earnings are up six percent, revenues are up ten point nine percent, sixty one percent are beating uh, EPS, sixty two percent are beating uh, revenues, and even here you could see the momentum on the revenue front, a, a, a higher revenue growth rate, a bigger proportion of revenue beats. And if we look at the quarter as a whole, combining the results that have come out with estimates for the still to come, uh, total earnings for the small cap index are expected to be up 11.8%. And we should point out that unlike the S&P 500, whose earnings recession ended uh, about five, six quarters ago, the small cap index, both the S&P 600 as well as the Russell 2000, have been struggling on the earnings front. And earnings have been down over uh, a number of the last few quarters. So uh, Q4 is an inflection point for the small caps. Growth is expected to move into double digits and then accelerate from, from here onwards. So a, a pretty, uh, a pretty uh, important a notable reversal, positive reversal uh, on the small cap side. Yeah, I see that you said that this quarter, the estimate for earnings growth is 6% and the four quarter average is just 2%. So you can really see a jump there. And then especially on the revenues, you said 10.9%, but it was negative over the last four quarters with the small caps. Yeah, the the small caps uh, have been, uh, I don't recall the exact numbers, but I believe in the last five quarters, earnings were down in the negative uh, in five quarters. And even when they were positive, they were barely positive. So it's the, the, the small caps have been struggling for a while now. And uh, Q4 is, in fact, the first quarter in a long time uh, when we have double-digit earnings growth and also the starting point of what is expected to be a, a very strong ramp-up in, uh, in the coming quarters as well. Is some of the small cap uh, bullishness because of the finance sector? sector? Yes. Those smaller banks are in this index. That's right. Yeah, finance is a bigger uh, a bigger proportion of the small cap index, both here in the S&P 600 as well as in the Russell. So a bigger proportion than the large cap index. Tech is a bit smaller. Industrials are a bigger proportion here. Medical is a bigger proportion here. So it's the uh, uh, the, the industrials are benefiting, but you're right. Finance is a, a big component. Uh, overall in Q4, finance sector earnings are expected to be up 44%. Wow. And, uh, and then we have 24.8% earnings growth for the small cap finance, 36% in the following quarter. So very strong momentum expected from the finance sector. 
Those guys are not only benefiting from the tax cuts because those are 100% domestic-oriented companies, but they are also benefiting from the higher interest rates. Yeah, that's like a double whammy for that's them. That's right. I did want to point out you have some good data here that you said the S&P 600 is expected to earn $9.3 billion in the fourth quarter total. That's right. And, of course... Apple alone is going to be over double that in just that one quarter. So it kind of gives you perspective on how much smaller this universe is. That's right. Um, That's something to keep in mind. Yeah, the S&P 500 uh, uh, will be uh, earning an all-time record, and it's close to $310 billion. And uh, you mentioned uh, Apple. Obviously, Apple is a a unique company, about $19.5 billion in net income. Is, wow. is expected just for Q4 <laughs> uh, from Apple. So yeah, the, the size differential is just, just huge yeah. uh, between these companies. And that's why the focus in the market always is on the large caps because they, they earn so much, they carry so much weight in the broader economy, in the market mm-hmm. as a whole, that these guys get lost in the shuffle. Nobody pays attention right, to them. Right, right. I'll be watching the small caps because I think that's where there's some value. So I'll be tuning in. And if you want to actually play the indexes, if you want to be buying in and just writing whatever's going on there with this wave, there's a couple ways you can do it through ETFs. You can buy the S&P 600 through ETFs. Vanguard has one. Its ticker is V-I-O-O. And um, the spider one is S-L-Y. And then um, there's an iShares one at IJR. You can also buy the Russell 2000. That's the broader index. It's a little little bit crazier over there because it's got the 2000 small caps in there. But Vanguard has a fund, VTWO. And then there's the iShares one as well, IWM. And then you can just get the S&P 500 fund. That is very popular with investors now. I think it's in the top. I know it's in the top 10 sure. of where the money is flowing in right now. And there's the one of the most popular ones is the Spider, which is SPY. There's an iShares IVV, I think it is IUV, and then Vanguard VOO. So yeah, most of the expense ratios for these are all pretty low, under the 0.1, except for some of those S and P 600 funds. The Vanguard and the Spider are 0.15 percent there. But Shiraz, we've been we've been gushing now sure. about how great everything looks, and this is you know the new paradigm or whatever we we could call it. But what could go wrong? What what's lurking out there that could could change this scenario. So, so we all know uh, in the aggregate, in the macro economy, that the labor market has been very strong. The unemployment rate is like uh, multi-year low. Uh, what's been missing in the equation is wage growth. Uh, and we're all familiar uh, anecdotally with these corporate announcements of one-off bonuses uh, after the tax cuts. And uh, the expectation is that in the coming days, uh, and by days I don't mean days, but in the coming months, uh, we should start seeing wages start growing in a meaningful way. And what what I mean by that is that the trend over the last couple of years up to this point has been about 2% year-over-year growth, uh, and they will move up to 3%, 4%. We, we, uh, it's a good thing for the economy as a whole, uh, but on the flip side, 
payroll expense is one of the biggest line items uh, for, uh, for, for these companies we are discussing here. And when wage growth uh, starts showing up, it will be at the expense of, uh, of corporate earnings. Uh, so it's possible that the analyst community uh, that have been surprised uh, by how strong the momentum is and they are uh, ratcheting up their estimates, they may have to ratchet down if the wage growth uh, is surprisingly strong. Uh, and a second element would be uh, if this trend that we are seeing in uh, in yields uh, if this is too uh, too fast uh, and in a too short a period uh, broadly the corporate sector has very good balance sheets but there are pockets where the balance sheets are very fragile the energy sector uh, is is important to mention uh, they are mending their balance sheets now they are they're keeping their houses in order uh, if interest rates go up, uh, this could uh, pressure those guys. And uh, uh, the last many, many years, the declining interest expense has been a big boost to margins. Uh, if interest rates start going up, uh, that will crimp margins as well. Obviously, it'll be beneficial to the finance sector, uh, right. but finance is just one of the 16 uh, in our classifications, even though a big one. Uh, their earnings will improve, but everybody else's will decline. And I think net-net, the effect will be negative. Yeah. And even on the consumer side, those rising rates That's right. could put a damper on That's right. So, on the, uh, so it, it, it's a consumer-driven economy. Uh, credit plays a very important role in that. Uh, and even though household balance sheets uh, are much better uh, compared to the immediate aftermath of the 2008-2009 crisis, uh, but they are not pristine. And right. uh, higher interest expenses will have a bearing on the housing market, on consumer spending, uh, and all of those things. So those are some of the downside, but the, the overall story is extremely good. Yeah. yeah. The, uh, we should enjoy it while we can. We should, absolutely <laughs> should, absolutely. Because yeah. it's been a long time coming. Um, I'm going to just give out a list of those tickers again if you're interested in just buying the sectors. Uh, they are SPY, VOD, SLY, IJR, VIOO, and the Russell 2000 are VTWO and IWM. Now be sure to subscribe to the Zach's Market Edge on iTunes. It's Apple Podcasts, of course, and on SoundCloud. So you get all of our episodes. We'll be tracking everything that's going on with earnings season, of course, and whatever else is going on in the markets all throughout 2018. So you don't want to miss an episode. Be sure to subscribe. I'll see you again next time.